let's get straight to it. Obviously, you heard about the, in the EWN bulletins the, the, fin- the final findings, if you like, of the Isidemeni mediation process today. And the person in charge of it, the Deputy Chief Justice, former Deputy Chief Justice, Tukhamosaneke, he found that the families of those who died or who were caught up in the tragedy should receive just over 1.2 million rand each as a form of I suppose you could say compensation by government. I think atonement is actually a better word. But the other major finding is that people like the former Gauteng Health MEC, Kadani Machlangu, did not tell the truth when they testified. I mean, and this is crucial. And if you look at it all, and there'll be lots of documents to go through, but it really vindicates, I think, the first investigation, which was by the health ombudsman, and that's Professor Malagapuru Makhoba. He's on the line now from Tswane. Professor Makhoba, good afternoon to you. Uh, good afternoon, Steve, and good afternoon to the 702 listeners uh, uh, all over the country. I mean, in a way, I mean, you've been living with this tragedy for so much longer than the rest of us. You've been in it for a very long time. Uh, you, do you think that there's a, maybe the beginnings of a form of closure after today's findings, today's announcements? Yes, I think there is more than that. And uh, I was telling someone, you know... What when I met the families uh, at the beginning of my investigation, they were less trusting. They were not together. You know, they were traumatized, and you can see they were angry. They were bitter. And uh, as time goes on, I think, uh, and when you followed the arbitration process that uh, 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 Justice Musenike conducted so elegantly, you could see that the, the families were beginning to bond, they were beginning to be trusting to all of us, and they were beginning to have confidence, I think, in the processes. I remember some of them when they first came into my office to testify, saying to me, ah, you, Professor Makhova, you have just been hired by uh, Mr. Daniel Mashangu and the government so that you can pepper over things and uh, let them scot free and they will say it was not them. After all, it was done by the ombuds. So we have moved a long way. And, and I think the, the judgment delivered today is not only groundbreaking and precedent uh, uh, setting, but it was the sort of judgment that really, I think, deserves the evidence that were presented to myself earlier on. And it, uh, it was presented during the ADR and again, when I said to somebody, you know, I wrote this report uh, typically like a medical scientist. And what Justice Museneke has done, he has put it in a legal language mm-hmm. and affirmed my findings. And for that, I'm grateful. And I hope the nation will be grateful. But I'm even more grateful that actually the family and the relatives of, of the deceased and the traumatized have welcomed uh, this judgment of uh, Justice Museneke. The testimony, and I mean, I'm sure there'll be a big focus on this over the next few weeks, the testimony by Kladani Mahlangu, by the other officials. I mean, the, I mean, Judge Mosaneke threw them out. And then he, he, he said, and I, I want to make sure I understand this correctly, he said the reasons given for the decision to remove the patients from life as a Domeni were irrational. And he's speaking legally, of course. He doesn't mean they're insane. He means that they were the wrong decision. Do you think we're any closer to finding out why this really happened, or are we going to have to wait for the criminal investigation? Well, uh, you know, closure of such uh, evasive evidence from what I call the dramatist personae that were involved in here is going to take uh, a longer time. 
uh, actually to, to evolve and it will be approached from different angles. You know, the police will find something that will bring us closer. The SI unit might find something that will bring us closer. Some other uh, people somewhere in the future may also find more evidence that can bring us to, uh, closer to the truth. So this is the beginning of a journey. But I think Justice Museneke has brought us, brought us into a space where this is more possible, as I say, than when we all started. Because remember how traumatized uh, these people had been the previous two years before I started. They were really shocked. They had gone from door to door and nobody wanted to listen to them. And uh, that's why when they came to me, uh, why would they trust me? Because they had been disappointed everywhere they had gone. So I think we have moved from, from that space to where we are. And I think, I, again, I want to say I'm grateful in the manner in which I think uh, Justice Museneke dissected the evidence. I mean, the fact that he said it was irrational. I've got that in my report, although I wouldn't have written it like a lawyer or defended it like a lawyer, but I understood that that decision was totally irrational and defenseless. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, you know, they had to say their piece in order to cover up whatever it is that they are covering up. Yeah. I don't know, Professor, in a way, if you're allowed to have a view on this as, as a health mm -hmm. but do you have a view on whether there was criminality here? I mean, as a radio presenter, someone who looks at it from the outside, it seems obvious that there is. Do you think there was criminality here? Uh, uh, I think the, the, the operative word there mm. is, do I think, yes, I do. Right. Okay. <laughs> <I'm with you. laughs> I, I, I do think so. But again, I said this to people. You know, if I had been a priest, I would have written uh, that there are sins here. Right. Because priests talk about sins, they don't talk about time. Uh, and I think uh, even Justice Museneke, I think if you listen to his words carefully, you can see how actually that falls into that category of criminality, although maybe he didn't use that word. Yeah. Uh, I, I would even be less, I think, qualified to use the word, although uh, I could see, as I say, from the evidence that I had gathered, that these violations of the constitution were so diverse, you know, they were so pervasive. And what puzzled me was this were done by three senior officials who did not seem to accept that what they were doing was actually mm. so out of line <laughs> that uh, they should have, uh, and they had the powers against powerless people. Now, if the families were so angry and uh, so frustrated, frustrated, you can imagine the trauma that the people suffered that ultimately died, mm. what they went through. In fact, I remember when I was a young medical student, you know, there was a professor at Vets called Professor Shamrock, uh, once asking me, when a patient is unconscious, what is the one thing that you should worry about. You know, I, I, was, I was blank, and he said to me, just imagine that they are unconscious, but they may have a headache and they won't be able to tell you. Sure. That's, yeah. you know, I mean, do many people ever think that when you have an unconscious person, this person may actually be actually suffering from headache, but they can't communicate mm. it. All they do is wriggle around or mumble mm. and so forth. But you don't think... This person is actually having a headache. 
So, so sometimes when people are powerless, uh, you need to often think for them and th- think for them even in the extreme to show that you care. Now, there was no care here. There was just total disregard for human life, human dignity, whatever you call it. And if you ask me again, how well, that is in the realm of criminality. Mm. Professor, do you have any confidence that this, something like this won't happen again? Uh, in medicine, I was taught never to say something would never happen again. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think all we can do is to provide the evidence uh, that makes it less likely and that makes people think a little bit more. Mm. Uh, I think I would be hard-pressed if somebody said to me, it won't happen mm. again. Not in South Africa. It will happen again. In fact, many people are already telling me it's happening right right now. Mm. It mm. just hasn't been discovered. It's like it's like there are many thieves here and we only catch a few of them. Mm. It doesn't mean that the people are not stealing. Yeah. Professor Malagapuru Makoba, thank you so much for your time and thank you, sir, for the work you've done here. No, thank you for the opportunity, Stephen, and, uh, and good luck. I understand you are living 702, <laughs> am I correct? I have no comment to make, Professor Makoba, I'm afraid. <laughs> let, me re- let me reverse the roles for a moment. I, I, I co- couldn't possibly talk about it. <laughs> Professor Makoba. Okay. Oh, no, no, fine. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll read it in the newspaper <laughs> and it will not be true. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Makoba, thank you very much, okay. sir, for your time. I really do appreciate it. Making me uh, blush. Uh, well, let's stay with the uh, Isidamani tragedy now and, of course, the news uh, about the settlement that the families will receive from from government and also these incredible findings that so many of the people involved just didn't tell the truth. Christine Ngomalo is a representative of the family members involved in the life. It's a Domeni tragedy. She's on the line from Johannesburg. I can't imagine how the day has been uh, for her. Christine, thank you for your time. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm sure I'm fine, thank you. You're going to receive, I mean, the families are going to receive some money, 1.2 million rand from government because of what happened. How do you feel about that? Um, to be honest with you, I haven't actually processed it yet. Um, I think for me, what was more important was more what the judge actually found to be untrue and, you know, the things that he, or the violations that we, that he listed, you know, that for me was, I think for the family, was, families was much more important than the, the amount, I suppose. Mm. I mean, it's a vindication that for the families, I mean, for many other people as well, because it shows that something went badly wrong here deliberately. Yes, yes, very much so. And the fact that we were telling the story, nobody was, you know, listening to us and believing us and taking our word for it. And with him going through so much detail and actually outlining it was really just all we really needed, you know, for somebody to actually hear our story and... And believe it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Christine, I mean, this girl now goes to the police, and, and I think you would be allowed to be cynical after how long it took you to get any form of justice. Yeah. Do you think that there will actually be a criminal prosecution in the end of all of this? Look, we, we assemblies are not going to let up. That's, that's, uh, that's really the truth from our side. Um, there's no way, especially with having been found by Professor Makhabu to be, you know, um, to be responsible, and now by uh, former Chief Justice Masaneke in his ruling as well. It, you have to really wonder what power these people have for them not to actually be criminally charged. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, I don't know if you heard Professor Malagapuro Makhobe, he was talking to, to us a moment ago, and he, he said he felt, and I, I, you know, Christine, I just, I, in a way, I'm hope that he's right, but, but if he isn't, you please must tell us. He said he felt that when, when the families, when he first met the families, they, they, they felt that no one was listening to them. They felt they didn't trust the state after all of this. And he, he felt that as a result of this entire process led by the former Deputy Chief Justice, that actually the families were now, well, closer to the state, less untrusting, if I can put it like that. I mean, would you agree with that? Yes, no, look, with every, with every opportunity that we got to complain, we were blocked. We were blocked. You know, and yes, it, it's, you know, and that's how we felt. That's how we felt, to be honest with you. And we were, this is what we were hoping this process will unblock for us. What are you going to do now, Christine? I mean, as families, you have this incredible bond. You have something in common. You've, you've sat together. You've, you've cried together. You've had meetings together. You've worked so hard. You've done something that, that I don't think has been done before in this country, if my memory is correct. Um, you've got a, you, you still haven't quite got justice. We still don't know. Well, we do know why it happened, really. I mean, we know that it was criminality. Yeah, yeah. You haven't yet got those people in a courtroom. Um, so what do you do next? Well, look, we're just going to keep helping the police to put together the case, and then we're going to um, hope to God that they get to finalize the process of the criminal charges. But as families, we're keeping, we're keeping together. Hmm. We're keeping, you know, we, we, we're still talking. And the fact that um, we've got a group, you know, and the survivors obviously still need to stay very close in hmm. touch with each other. Hmm and make sure that this does not happen again and then raise all alarms that need to be raised before anything horribly goes wrong. Christine Ngomalo, okay. thank you so yeah. yeah, Christine, thank you so much for your time and good luck. Right, we'll leave it there. I think there is something going on in the background there. Christine Ngomalo, of course, the representative of the family members involved with the life is a Domeni tragedy.